Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's a Wednesday, hour one. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. Stay as long as you like. If you'd like to dial us up, you can email, tweet, all the above. Operator Tyler standing by, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. Download the app if you haven't done so. You can watch this show for free. Those chatting on Chat Row and our radio affiliates around the country, including iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and nearly 390 cities that carry this program. Stat of the Day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of this show. Also, make sure you sign up your opportunity to control the music. You can help. Marvin with his cookout playlist for Friday. And uh, my plan from Verizon gives you control over your phone plan. We're giving you control over the music. Go to danpatrick.com right now to vote. Then uh, tune in Friday to hear the winning playlist there. Poll question today. Yes, Marv, you have a question? Did you vote already? Yes, I did. All right. Yep. I voted for the 70s. Oh, let's go. Play yeah. some Stevie. Play some... Uh... Oh, it's a... There's a bunch of good ones. You just forgot them. Sticks. <laughs> Kiss, Forner. Yeah. That's that's for your cookout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, Eaton. The uh, midweek results so far. Yes. 45% of the vote. 70s. Okay. Crushing. All right. Crushing. All right. Nobody wants to hear any music from the aughts. Aughts. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. You know, my wife asked me the other day before we get to sports, what was the first song you remember hearing as a child where it's like a, a, a hit song that you're like, oh, I remember where I heard it or where I was. And she asked me, I remember being at a pizza place and someone played Crocodile Rock by, and I was five or six, Crocodile Rock, Rock by uh, Elton John. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a very popular song. And I was a kid and I thought it was cool. Hmm. Do you guys remember the first hit song you kind of remember hmm. as a child? Todd? I remember being at my friend Greg Bieber's house, Brian Bieber actually, and he had Glass Houses, Billy Joel, and I hadn't heard it before. And... I just fell in love with that cassette. It's still rock and roll to me in particular, and I had to run out to Sam Goody or wherever and get the cassette of Billy Joel Glass Houses because right. it's still rock and roll to me. Okay. Uh, Marv, do you remember the first song that you heard? Yeah, I remember vividly. My mom was a big Anita Baker fan, Okay. so she had the song Sweet Love. It was just yeah. 
Oh, yeah. You know, very, you know. Yeah. yeah. Paulie knows about it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Seaton? Uh, I don't know if it was the first song I ever heard necessarily, but the one that I was like, whoa, what is going on right now? Uh, Motley Crue Shout at the Devil. That was like, I think that's 1983, 84 maybe. So I was, you know, five, six years old. And I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. I think it was the Beatles for me. I, uh, and there were a couple of them. I just remember Help, Strawberry Fields. Uh, but those were the ones I was like, man, there's like three minutes or less. And they're all like catchy, poppy. And they stayed with, still stay with me. It's one of those where you hear the song and it takes you back, you know, many, many, many years ago. Yes, Eden. You know, it's one that really jumps out from that time, too. That is definitely one of the earliest songs I can remember is uh, Rod Stewart, Infatuation. Okay. I don't know why, <laughs> but I remember that vividly, like sitting in my house at a piano, looking at the cassette tape of Rod Stewart, Infatuation. Okay. <laughs> Not the Rod Stewart song I would pick out of all the great Rod Stewart songs, but uh, yes, Paul. In fifth grade, we had a teacher, and he had us each bring in an album for like a Friday, almost like a play thing, and he had a record player. And I didn't have a lot of albums, so I borrowed My Sharona by The Knack yeah. from my sister, which was the number one song in America. But my friend uh, Corey Milton, who sat next to me, brought in the Sugar Hill Gang, and I'd never heard any rap before. I don't think anyone had heard it. Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. That was fifth grade. Why do we always mention somebody's name like you couldn't say my friend brought in rappers delight no it's got to be Corey milton it's like, such a good memory fritzy said Brian oh Bieber, yeah. yeah i went over there oh so now that makes the story real yes. <laughs> <laughs> like before that i wasn't going to believe that you went over to but somebody's now house attached a name to the, the whole experience <laughs> means something so i'm listening to music with greg mccracken and uh, uh, he knew his music yes he did no his brother did see that's for me it was more my older brother yeah, we shared a room, so he was. You know, he's five years older than me, so he was, you know, way ahead of you know getting records or tapes or whatever and listening to that. So whatever he was listening to, I kind of glommed onto. I was the same way. My one of my older brothers had like seven albums, and I, I remember one was Jimi Hendrix, one was Zeppelin, one was uh, Creedence Clearwater, and uh, I think there was a Stones in there and a Beatles, but. That was all I knew about music, you know, as far as an album went. And you'd hold those albums and you would read the liner notes. And it was so important that you were listening to a whole album there, not just one song. Yeah, see. When we had a, and yeah, it would be like everything from uh, probably Motley Crue to Public Enemy and Boogie Down Productions and stuff. My brother was listening to all this stuff. And when we had Chuck D in studio years ago, yeah, yeah. I was just like, man, my older brother, <laughs> I was listen I've been listening to you since forever because my older brother would always play the our records in our room and he just said, man, thank God for older brothers, huh? <laughs> Hell yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Marv. Bobby Pernitis, the Wu-Tang first album, entered the 36 Chambers. I had no idea who Wu-Tang was. He was like, you're bugging. He was like, <laughs> listen to this. You're protect bugging. Protect Your Neck came on and when we had met the man on that scene, me and Seton, I was just like, Man, oh, and the fact that I talked to him yeah. was unbelievable because I was like, I was a fan of you at 10. You were a sex symbol at 10. <laughs> You're a sex symbol at 39. Like, I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the prog uh, program here, already in progress. We'll have a poll question. We've got a stat of the day, play of the day, all that coming up. The Celtics are still alive and they win comfortably. Why do I get the feeling this is going seven games? 
There's probably no reason to think that. I know it's recency bias. And this is what the Celtics do. This is who the Celtics were during the regular season. This is who the Miami Heat were during the regular season, where you go, man, the Heat, they're not that good. Celtics, man, they're great. And then you get fooled into how are they going to perform if they did this over 82 games? Well, they get into a seven-game series. Well, that's what makes these matchups so interesting because sometimes you don't match up with that team. But last night, you saw what Boston is capable of doing. Is it too little too late? And I did think about this. You know, when you think about uh, no team comes back from a 3-0 deficit, and then I always think of the Red Sox when they came back from a 3-0 deficit and happened to witness that firsthand. And then who do I see courtside last night but Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez? Well, of course, there will be a comeback. And if Kurt Schilling shows up with a bloody sock tomorrow night, <laughs> then it's on. Then he should wear the full uniform, and the Red Sox are going to Sitting at the end of the them. bench? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I guess Joe Mazzula got him ready for this game, as opposed to the last game. So uh, can he still coach? Is he getting out coached? I'm not sure. It's game to game. But Jason Tatum was wonderful in the second half last night. Once again, he's just frustrating. Now, I'm going to give the Heat some credit here, but you're still, if you're one of the top five MVP candidates and you can't get going against the Miami Heat, um, I'm putting that on you, not your coach getting you ready for this. But they played well last night. You had six players who contributed in double figures. Jason Tatum leading the way. The Heat up still three games to one in this series. Uh, Hurricanes and the Panthers, that's game four tonight. Might get a sweep there. Golden Knights up 3-0 in their series over the Stars. And uh, the NFL tweaked the kickoff rule again, and they're doing it for safety. They would love to get rid of the kickoff completely. But you have to have it for, I guess you would say, the illusion of an onside kick. The illusion, that's what it's come down to. They would love for you to start the, the game on the 25-yard line. Uh, but now, you know, they don't like those kind of pooch kicks that in between the, like, uh, 15 and 5-yard line, they p- kind of pop it up, and then you c- try to pin the opposition back. Now you make a fair catch, you get the ball at the 25-yard line. No matter where you make the fair catch, you get the ball at the 25-yard line. They want to get rid of the kickoff. Now, they give us the illusion that they care about player safety. But fans, we want to see. The players want to see a kickoff. There are guys who make a living, a reputation. Guys who've, you know, knocked on the door of the Hall of Fame because they're great on special teams. You wouldn't have Devin Hester. You wouldn't have some of these great kick returners. Now, would you find other places for them? Yes, you would. But guys who made a career... Steve Tasker, you make a career out of special teams. They're not even special anymore. They would love to get rid of the punt as well. But they can't do that. But the kickoff, they're trying to eliminate as many kickoffs and as many collisions. Now, they have no problem adding an extra game or two. But as far as a kickoff, they don't want that. They want the game to start on the 25-yard line. But uh, the NFL tweaking that again for safety. Yes, Todd? How does the special teams coach at the end of the year keep his job or ask for a raise or a promotion when he's going to have less responsibilities? What is it exactly that you do here now that we do the fair catch? Yeah, 
Because now he's just a teams coach. He's not a special teams coach. Well said. Yeah, thank you, Todd. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, the NFL said uh, about this change, they hope to reduce the number of kickoff returns from 38%, which is already down from like 10 years ago is 60%, yeah. to 31% of kicks would be returned, which basically de- makes the play irrelevant. But they also released this. They said uh, uh, injury rates are 60% higher on kickoffs than on any other play, and they're actually going up. Injuries on kickoffs are going up in the past years dramatically. Those are their words, dramatically. Mm. That can't be possible because you have half as many kickoffs as you did 10 years ago, but you have twice as many rate of injuries. How many, what, what's the injury rate on a punt return? Because- I, they're saying kicks and punts, but specifically kicks. I, I actually don't believe the NFL's research on this. I think what is happening here is that they're, there's more reported injuries. There's more reported concussions. You so, think the NFL would lie to you? I don't understand their policy on this play because the players want to return the kicks. The coaches want to kick off and return the kicks. And the fans all want kicks returned. Yeah. And you're not giving it to them under the fake guise of player safety. Yeah. I I mean, as much as I would love to say, hey, I care about your safety. If you don't care about your safety, why am I supposed to care about your safety? How about we have better helmets and let's play football? That's all. Yeah, Seaton. But just because there's an inherent risk in playing football, does that mean that you just completely throw out the idea of trying to make the game safer? Well, you, so, like, why even bother with the safer helmets? They don't care. So why even bother doing safer helmets or better helmets? No, I want to have better helmets. But I, you know, that's not taking away from the action. If you have a better helmet, then we still play football. It, it's like we're picking and choosing, uh, you know, hey, what you can do to a quarterback, where you can hit a quarterback, to the point where a defensive player is at a decided disadvantage. They don't even know how to tackle anymore. Now you're going to say, uh, let's take out kickoffs. Uh, hey, we're going to modify the punt. We're going to make sure you can do this, can't do that. I'm all for safety, but I think a better helmet would be the, the start instead of let's take away the kickoff. It, they, they just send mixed messages with a, a lot of these rule changes, and they have no problem adding an extra game. So you would think, if you really care about safety, would you add another game? And then they're going to add another game. We're going to have an 18-game schedule. They send a mixed message. At least to me, they do. And if you're a player, and you only have a couple of years of playing, and now you just got six extra game checks, yes, yeah, I'd sign up for that. Yeah. All day. But that's why the players aren't as concerned about player safety as, you know, I think we feel like we're supposed to be. Because they, they're going to make their money. They have a short amount of time. Extra game or two. We make money. We'll play on Thursday night. We'll flex games on Thursday night. They send a mixed message with player safety here. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, and, and there's no chance for a guy to make his career on special teams. We talk about, remember, we're like, we should have Steve Tasker on today. He does not exist. Steve Tasker's career doesn't happen. He doesn't get to be a good player. Remember years ago, there was a cowboy named Bill Bates? Yeah. And he was this great special teamer. He earned the starting spot at safety because he was such a great special teamer. There's 20 guys we can name. Dante Hall never happens with yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. And these are names of our youth. And they, you know, Josh Cribbs from, from Cleveland. He had a great run. Who's the Patriot special teams player? Matt, Matt, uh, Matthew Slater. Yeah. He does not exist. Yeah, he's been an all-pro for many, many, many times there. A lot of these young dudes are trying to build a career, and they're not getting an opportunity. All right, we'll talk some basketball. We'll settle on a a poll question. Tim Legler from the Mothership will join us. Does he believe that LeBron is going to retire? I think LeBron just needs a hug. 
I do. I think he just needs to be a hug, get a hug, and be reminded that you're one of the great players who's ever played the game. Yes, you got swept. It's uh, no fault of yours, and he'll be back. And then he came out and said he's better than 90% of the NBA. Do you really need to say that? Feels like he just needs a hug. LeBron, it's okay. It's not your fault. It's like that scene in uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Good Hunting. Yes. You need, you need Robin Williams to be able to say, if he were alive, he could say to LeBron, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's a good scene. Yeah, it is. It's not your fault. <laughs> Don't do this. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yes, Mark. It's a team game, so it kind of is, but not all on him, though. No, it's not all on him. Right. He just needs a hug. That's all. He just needs to be told, hey, you're still great. But I tell you, you get hung over, you get drunk. I'm never drinking ever again. This is the worst. I'm never having tequila. Next week, you're at the bar. <laughs> okay, I guess I could have one. All right, let me take a break. Tim Legler joins us coming up next. Also, I have a question that might take over social media. I'm going to ask Tim Legler this. I'm not even going to tell him what I'm going to ask him. That'll be, I'm not going to tell you guys either. Teaser. No, I'm not going to. That's coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. 
And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. One of the great shooters in NBA history, ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler joining us on the show. I'll save my bombshell question for you. I got to get to the Celtics last night against the Miami Heat. And why do I get the feeling this is going to go seven games, Tim? <laughs> I'm actually kind of feeling that a little bit myself. Uh, and, it, and, you know, you heard the Celtics say, don't let us get one. Basically, they were warning the Heat. Now, don't let us <laughs> mess around and figure this thing out because then you got a problem on your hands because we were the two seed. And for probably the first two and a half months of the season, they were clearly the best team in the NBA. So it's there. They've had a hard time finding it consistently uh, since that time. And certainly in the playoffs, they've had some very flat performances. But now you really do feel like they're going to win game five. I don't know if it's going to get all the way to seven, Dan. I could see the Heat winning this in six games okay. and, get, and getting very dicey, like a fourth quarter, one possession game in a game six. Um, and, I, and, you know, Jimmy Butler probably making some plays in that game to, to win it late. But there's no doubt that things have gotten much more interesting all, all of a sudden. I, you've been around the game a long, long time, and there are certain players that they play bigger, better, the bigger the game, maybe during the regular season. We don't talk about Jimmy Butler during the regular season, but we certainly do the postseason. Reggie Miller was another player who got you 18 or 19 a game and then in the postseason could go off. Can you think of other players who have that ability to be big in big games? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, I, even a guy, I'd look at even a guy like Jamal Murray, you know, as one of those guys. He seems to relish that moment. And, and actually, there's something different about him, him even this year. He looks like he's ticked off because every night he takes the court, we know, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Jokic, obviously. Every team they play, for the most part, probably has two stars on it. And we talk a lot about the stars in the game. And I think Jamal Murray takes that personally. In, in the Phoenix series, he's out there saying, okay, you got KD, we got Jokic, we know what those guys are. And then Devin Booker is getting so much love, and, he, and deservedly so, the guy was playing out of his mind. But I'm on that level. And I think he's had this sort of edge to him every night that bodes well for Denver. Because in the regular season, Jamal Murray's a very good player. Jamal Murray can be sensational in big moments in the postseason. So I think for, in terms of guys currently in the league, he'd be a good example. But what is it about Jimmy Butler that makes other teams nervous? Well, here's the thing. They know for a fact Jimmy Butler is always going to be in the right, right place mentally. Like at no point is Jimmy Butler's confidence going to wa waver. Is he going to be a guy that just doesn't have it on a given night? Jimmy Butler's the kind of guy you're going to have to kill him to stop him. And you know he's so mentally tough that no matter what the moment or the circumstances or the amount of pressure, Jimmy Butler is not going to be shaken by that. And some guys, 
they look like they lose their confidence a little bit. They change their aggressiveness. They're not quite the same for whatever reason. Jimmy Butler's never like that. Even on nights who doesn't, not, doesn't, doesn't mean he's going to shoot well every night. Some nights he might just not shoot well. You know it's not because he's feeling the moment or anything's a little bit too big for him. And I think that's why teams get nervous about him. And also, he can get to anywhere on the floor that he needs to to play to his wheelhouse. He can get to that mid-range area of the floor anytime he wants. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us on the program. The change or changes you would make to the Lakers roster in the offseason? Oh, man, this well, first of all, they're going to have to – I think they need to add guys that are more consistent shooters. And if you sacrifice a little bit defensively to do that, I think it's important because, first of all, the league is not set up anymore to be a league that you can maul people and get physical and, and just get into teams and defend them. You're going to have to get to a certain number most nights. And, and when you look at the Western Conference in particular, what Denver can do every night offensively with Phoenix, you know that they're going to reload – what, you know, those teams are getting to 115, 120 points regularly. So can you get to that number? So all the great defense, and we talked about a lot with the Lakers, and, and being this long team, and they're athletic, and they're going to be able to bother Denver. Got news for you. Denver shot splits of basically 50, 40, 80 as a team. Okay, so as an individual player, for people listening, right, if, you, if you go 50 from the field, 40 from the three, 80 from the line. You're and I, Dan, I, I did that. I did that a couple of times. I was a 50, 50, 80 guy a couple of times, right? That's a hell of a year or a hell of a series. If one guy does that, yeah. imagine a whole team doing that. And that's what they just did to the Lakers. That's how efficient they were. So the Lakers need to add shooting. I think as their, as their top priority, look, Kyrie, this talk is going to be there all summer. I'm not a Kyrie Irving guy. I think he brings an awful lot to a team that's not necessarily going to move you in the right direction. The talent's undeniable, but this might be the one situation I'd say that team probably needs a guy like Kyrie Irving, and LeBron probably needs Kyrie Irving. What did you make of LeBron's postgame comments? I heard you setting this up saying, you know, he, he needs a hug. I thought that made me laugh because – when I'm watching it, what I'm thinking is this. I don't care if it's LeBron James or any athlete or any person in any walk of life that you just pours your heart and soul into something for eight, eight months, and it ends in a terribly frustrating manner. You feel almost inept against the team that beat you. That's not the right time to get asked the question. It's certainly not the right time to answer a question like that because in the moment, you feel nothing other than, I just want to get away from the damn game right now. And, and he's going to go, and it's going to be more frustrating for the next two weeks to watch the finals. He's not participating. Now, let it get removed a few weeks from that. Now he's going on vacation. He spent time with his family. He's back in the gym a little bit. His body feels great after getting a month off from the regular season. He's going to have a completely different tune when you get to the middle of July. There is absolutely no question in my mind. LeBron James isn't going anywhere. And, you know, and even the Bronny thing, we build that up. I, I don't know how much that's what is going to drive him to continue to play. I just don't think he wants to go out the way he just went out more than anything else. He doesn't want to end on that note. So he's going to, I think, reload his mind, get his body feeling better, and you're going to see LeBron James ready to go next year. I was serious when I said he needs a hug because then he's saying I'm better than 90% of the player. Like, you don't need to say that. Right. Like, like, we'll say that for you. We don't, right. you know, he doesn't need to. And it's almost like he, 
he wanted somebody to kind of just boost his spirits or his ego or a little yeah. bit because he just got swept. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, guys need that, right? They need to be stroked, guys on that level. And ironically, I think he actually shortchanged himself. He probably it's probably more like ninety seven percent of the guys in the league. He's still better than. But yeah, I think he needed a little bit of you know little validation in yes. that moment because they just got swept by a team that's got right now the best player in the NBA. It was interesting, though. The one thing that was, is interesting, Dan, in hearing him say that, that percentage, whatever you want to say, he could have said 99%. And what is he, what is he really saying? He's not necessarily the best player anymore. And I think that's the first time that LeBron James has ever sort of acknowledged that. And when you get swept by a team that has the best player in the league on it, it sort of reminds you of that in the moment, that they're going to need more help. It used to be LeBron would say, hey, I'll, I'll take whatever you got, yeah. and I'll take my chances. Now I think he realizes that there are teams out there that are going to be loaded that he's going to need a little bit more to compete with. Would you consider trading Anthony Davis? I would definitely consider trading Anthony Davis. There's no question in my mind. I think everybody around the league is going to feel the same way about Anthony Davis that we do every night watching him and analyzing him. You know, the guy's a difference maker, clearly. There's no real matchup for Anthony Davis. There's not an answer for him. He's a total game changer defensively when he's when he's active. But do you want to sign up for that and, and like, guarantee that you're going to get, like, 50 games of that every year and in the postseason? You'll get it, you know, more than probably every other night. That's probably selling him a little bit short. But let's say you get it 65% of the time in the postseason. And he's your second best player. Is that enough? Are you, are you going to be happy with that? So I just wonder what people would genuinely be willing to give up for mm -hmm. Anthony Davis, knowing at some point he's going to miss a large chunk of time in the regular season for an injury. And then you're not exactly sure if he's going to leave his house every day in the playoffs intent on coming to the arena and doing some serious damage. Because I, I don't know that he always gets himself there mentally. I was looking for a comp. We love to have comps with players. Like, that guy reminds me of. And I was thinking about Joker and Brad Doherty. I don't know if that's a fair comp, but just the ability to play high, low, in, out, pass. Doherty, I always thought, was one of the more underrated players that uh, I saw play. But you got a comp for uh, Jokic? I don't have a comp for him because I and I think about this all the time. He's usually pretty good at coming up with that. And I've been asked this question and I, I racked my brain. And I'm also kind of like a historian of the game. And I'm old enough that I know all the errors. He's so unique in that. I was thinking about this last night as I get ready to, to break down the finals whenever they get their matchup. I don't care who comes out of the East. Denver is going to win the championship. And the reason is because there's no personnel scheme or defensive energy, the amount of defensive energy that affects Jokic. He's not affected by it. You put a smaller guy on him that's athletic, he makes those guys look silly because he just overwhelms them with his size and touch. You put a bigger guy on him, well, now you got to chase him all over the perimeter while he runs 87 dribble handoffs and picks and pops and, and, and spends so much time on the perimeter that he makes bigs like a fish out of water out there guarding him so much. You can't scheme him because you can't double him effectively anywhere on the floor because of his size and his mind in reading where the ball should go and then getting it there with velocity. 
So it, it, it beats the defense. It beats the closeout. It beats the rotation. So there's not a matchup that you can come up with. Even nights when he doesn't shoot well, and those are rare because he shoots such a high percentage, he does have nights like that, and he's still the most dominant player on the floor. He's controlling the game to such an extent. And I can't think of another player, his size particularly, that can do all of the things that he can do. All right, I'll leave you with this. Will the Lakers retire LeBron James's number? Oh, no question. No question. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but I'm just saying the standard for getting your jersey retired has been dramatically diminished. <laughs> okay? It's a pretty saturated jersey retirement. Yeah, but these are the Lakers though, legs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I know they're the Lakers, but that's LeBron James. Like you had a guy that in my opinion, I think probably yours. I don't know. You put you put uh, LeBron number two, cemented at number two all time? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. And I think, hate to say it for him, but I think he could win two or three more championships. I probably still have him cemented at number two. Like He can't. That's why when we were talking about the LeBron-Curry matchup, like who can help their legacy more? Yeah. I said, well, LeBron James has been like, you know, he's been like flex sealed into the number two spot, right? Like he can't, you can't move it. I don't think there's any upward mobility and he's not getting caught from behind, at least not by anybody we can see right now. Curry, he's still grabbing rungs on the ladder, I feel like, which is pretty amazing at this stage of his career. So I just feel like LeBron cemented at, at number two. He wore a Lakers jersey. You had that guy in-house for however many years it's going to be. Was it been four years now? How, how many years is LeBron? Year five. Oh, year five. Okay. So let's say he plays seven years for the Lakers. Okay. And he won a championship there. Mm-hmm. And even if he never gets another one, and he's the second greatest player to ever play, that thing's going up there. There's no question in my mind. Well, it is Hollywood, and they celebrate their stars, so I understand that you would want to have a night for LeBron when it's all said and done. I get that. I'm just it, – it just feels like, you know, the Laker fans don't look at LeBron as one of them. That, like he's not a true Laker, and 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 I understand that. And he did give you a championship. I just don't know. My feeling is that there would probably be pushback of, is you know, does he deserve to be in the rafters? Were you talking about pushback from the fan yeah. base? Yeah. Well, that, that I mean that might be true, but I think ultimately the organization is going to want to do that because you never even know they might have aspirations down the road of having a guy with you know LeBron's mind and and in your front office or part of the organization. Oh, he's going to get his own team. He's going to get it. Yeah. He'll get the team in Vegas. That's probably true. It's probably what, what he'll end up doing. Or maybe he but, takes over Jordan's team in uh, Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe, maybe he's thinking, I'll buy, the, I'll buy Charlotte. Yeah. And then I'll win a championship in Charlotte. That might be the one way I can I can supplant Michael. That would be it. As being the greatest of all time. Good to visit with you as always, Legs. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Dan. Anytime. And one of the great shooters in NBA history, Tim Legler, their ESPN analyst. So is that a is that a bombshell? Is that a social media question? Should the Lakers or will the Lakers retire LeBron's jersey? Yeah, Paul. Are you prefacing it by saying, let's say that's all he does there? Like, what, Let's say he doesn't win another championship. Or he steps away. 
Played his last game. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetically, let's say he's played his last game because he did talk about he's got to spend some time talking about retiring. Five seasons there, he averaged uh, twenty-seven points a game. Well, that, that doesn't that matter. Yeah. He's got one title. Yeah. Do you put the jersey that you hang in the rafters in bubble wrap? Oh, hey. Hey. too soon, Paul. Why would you say that? Yeah. Okay. The Lakers, they've had they have a lot of retired jerseys: George Mikan, Jamal Wilkes, Jerry West, James Worthy, Shaquille O'Neal. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Gail Goodrich, Elgin Baylor, Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol got one. What was he there, about eight years? He won a couple of titles. Yeah. Wilt Chamberlain, yeah. Kobe Bryant has eight and 24 retired. Yeah. Yes, Todd? I think if you were on the fence either way with that, the fact that he was in a Lakers uniform breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for most points in the history of basketball is enough to get him up in the rafters. Okay. Yes, he... Well, will and should are very yes. different. Yes, that's why I'm saying... Will they, should they? And I wasn't sure which one. Will they? Absolutely. Should they? Probably not. Anybody else think that they shouldn't? I think they will. It's Hollywood. And, and to have another night and celebration and all those things and, you know, have everybody come out and be a big deal whenever that happens. Yeah, Paulie? I could see you making the case that it shouldn't. It's LeBron's fourth stop, Right. He was there well, five he's going to get one in Cleveland. He'll get one in Miami. Yep. Chris Bosh got his jersey retired in Miami. LeBron will get, it feels like, get his jersey yeah. in three different places. Miami makes a lot of sense. Well, there's not a long list there for players. If Chris Bosh is getting his jersey retired, right. I, I think Tim Hardaway's got his jersey retired there. Lonzo Mourning has his. He did four years in Miami? Yeah, I think so. Udonis Haslam, does he have his jersey retired? <laughs> He's got to retire first. He probably, yeah. Yes, yes, Marv. Michael Jordan has his number retired by the Heat also. That's so dumb. Well, yeah. But he's got it with everybody, doesn't he? Like, why did uh, Mike get his jersey retired by the Heat? Pat Riley loves him so much. He legit retired it when he was with the Wizards. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. I know. That's when somebody owns you. Like, really, like the Jets should retire Tom Brady's jersey. He owns them. The Bears should retire Aaron Rodgers' jersey. He owns them. Yes, Paulie. The Washington Wizards have not retired Michael Jordan's number. Well, of all the great Wizards, he didn't crack the top ten. No. All right, one thing on LeBron. I think he's going to get the retired jer- jersey. I don't think he's statue-worthy. No. Oh, no, no, no you no, can't no. give him a statue. No statue. No. No. That was a quick answer. No. But even that owner in Cleveland, does he give him a statue? Does he have a statue there yet, Marv? No. They should be building it for him right now. Mm, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I know, know you, I know you don't know, but they should. Yeah. Yes, Todd. Yeah, you got to give him one in Cleveland. Bring a championship to the Cavs. Yeah, That's yeah. his hometown. Yeah, but I don't that care owner, how much the owner doesn't like him or whatever. Yeah, but he, he did it. come back. He did come back and make good on his promise. He was going to bring a title. You got to build a statue. Although I'm not big on statues. You know, it feels like we build them and then we tear them down eventually. Like, eh, you know, I got a problem with that guy. I'm going to take down his statue. Yes, Eden. We already saw LeBron as a statue in a Lakers uniform. Whoa. Ooh. Dang, fourth quarter shot? Wow. wow. What the heck has what, happened? What just happened? You know what? That was Paul's Let's idea. He said that. I didn't and say that. He said that and then I said it. <laughs> Never. Yeah, he, take, he said it and I said it. How about we take a break? He's no Michael Jordan. No, he's not. Take a break. Mike, yeah, no. one team. <laughs> Mike never got swept. 
In a, a, couple times. in a seven game series. Mike never goes with Alright, we'll take a break. <laughs> Showing how much easier Michael had it. And... Play of the day up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Vote on Marvin's playlist for Friday. Go to danpatrick.com. 
More phone calls coming up. J.J. Redick will join us on the program tomorrow. National Insider for NFL Network, NFL.com. Just back from the NFL Spring Meetings in Minneapolis. Ian Rappaport, kind enough to join us. Ian, I know the NFL wants to do away with the kickoff, but is there any other option to sort of keep it in the game? I don't know that the NFL wants to do away with the kickoff. I mean, I think what they're doing is to try to make it a little bit safer, um, but to make sure that it stays in the game. I mean, I would say yesterday for the first time, I did hear at least the possibility um, from Commissioner Roger Goodell, from Jeff Miller, essentially head of health and safety at the NFL, the possibility of moving on without it, but I think they would like to keep it. You know, one thing that's happened is because kickers have become very good, you've had more returns in the last two years than you've had in quite a while. Therefore, you've seen more concussions. So the percentages have increased in both. So I think they'd like to do is find a sweet spot where maybe there's a a little bit fewer returns, fewer concussions, but the play could stay because it can be really exciting at its best. Yeah, and I guess if you said that uh, you were going to take away the onside kick and you just opened a game uh, or the potential for an onside kick, then would we have kickoffs? Would the NFL ever consider with starting a football game at the 25-yard line? I look. I mean, looking into the future, it's tough to know because there's plenty of things that happen now in the NFL where I'm like, well, I didn't see, didn't see this adjustment, didn't see the you know, the points explosion, the sort of emphasis on defensive penalties. I mean, there's a lot of things that the way the NFL has shaped the game that I didn't quite foresee. I would be surprised if we live in a post-kickoff world. And I don't think it's just because of the onside kick. Those are rare. I think it's just because that's the way we've started the game for 100 years, and it can be really exciting. I just think they want it to be a little bit safer. And the point from you know these league officials who spoke yesterday is when the data points to more concussions, they have to take that part seriously and figure it out. What do you do with punts? I don't believe that the spike in numbers has been the same for punts as it's been for kickoffs. I think punts have generally been okay. It's the fact that, you know, kickers have been basically getting better at forcing you to return it. So how does the league adjust from there? The Thursday night flex certainly got a lot of headlines here. Is yeah. is this if all else fails, then then we're gonna flex a game? Or or do you see or how often do you see a flex happen? No, I would say your first sort of assumption was right. It was if all else fails if we have no other choice, then let's flex the game. And I think, you know, the way it was explained yesterday was there's a high bar for or whenever it was two days ago, there's a high bar for flexing a Sunday night game. There's a higher bar for flexing a Monday night game. And there's an even higher bar for flexing a Thursday night game. So like, if you said to me right now, what is your guess? Do we flex a Thursday night game this year? I would say my guess is probably not. And then it would, go on to the next year and the one year um, sort of trial would still be in place. And, you know, we'd sort of move from there. But my guess, looking at the schedule, looking at the teams, not knowing anything about quarterback injuries, because, you know, if it's a couple third quarterbacks out there, you probably do flex it. But my guess is they had this whole thing. They did this rule and they probably don't break the glass and flex it. The uh, third quarterback option. When uh, when does that come into play? Is that just playoffs that we'll have the uh, third third uh, quarterback option? Yeah, I mean that that's my guess. Is you know for for the regular season, I mean, look, teams do have emergency quarterbacks. Um, 
and it's sort of fun. And, you know, it's like when you have a position player pitching in baseball, it's like, it's kind of fun, but you really don't want that to be in a game that means anything, right? Um, same sort of thing. So, you know, my guess is it's something that isn't a thing and we don't hear about because it can't be a a promotion. It has to, I mean, it, it can't be an elevation. It has to be a true promotion. It has to be a signed contract. It has to be a guy on the 53-man roster. My guess is you don't get that until, like, you know, week 16, 17, 18, and then the playoffs when a quarterback injury and then another one can be, like, actually catastrophic. Commander's sale still uh, on schedule? Yeah. So this was kind of interesting, the shape that this took. So there was all this consternation, debate, and discussion. Was Dan Snyder going to sell? And then he finds a buyer, and then they have an agreement in principle, and then they have a signed agreement, exclusive agreement with Josh Harris to buy the team and his partners to buy the team, and it's basically done. And then I get to Minnesota, and people are asking me, like, is the sale going to go through? You know, the league has some issues. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're definitely working through some things. It's a much more sprawling group than I think the league is used to. There's maybe a little more debt than the league would like. But no one has suggested to me at all ever that it's not going through. I mean, this thing is going to happen. So it was nice. So you get to all that. And then Roger Goodell takes the podium yesterday, midway through the day, and says, yes, he anticipates a sale going through. And to me, it was kind of like, okay, like went through this whole thing, this big journey. The deal isn't maybe perfect. You can still massage. You can still add more money, add more cash, essentially, if that's what the league does want. But like, Josh Harris is expected to be the new owner of the Commanders, and you know I do believe that is absolutely happening. Is the NFL done with Daniel Snyder? Uh, will be, will be. I mean, if you're asking me, do I think he would be able to get another team? I would very confidently say probably <laughs> not. Well, no. The investigation uh, does that. No. Are they? They do they still press on with the investigation? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Mary Jo White investigation yeah. is ongoing. Um, all of the legal things, you know, I haven't really sensed any alteration. Like, it's not like, okay, he's no longer an owner here, so, like, pack your stuff up and let's go. Like, I didn't get that sense. I think it's going to be done to completion. And, like, there are some reasons for that. One, like, if Dan Snyder did, you know, have the workplace where it seems, if there were the – financial if there were some financial improprieties you know if if something was wrong you'd like to know it was wrong and like the people that were wrong about it to be held responsible perhaps there could be legal things that stem from this civil or legal um you'd certainly like to find that out if that is true um you just want to find out like what was dan snyder doing um and i do think those will go to completion and then we'll sort of see you know what becomes of it after that we were talking about this prior to the show. There used to be quarterback competitions, like true competitions with teams. Yeah. Those are those are long gone. Can you is there a quarterback competition and and uh, with any team right now that is truly a competition? There is one, Tampa. I think that's a real competition. You know, I mean Baker Mayfield is in position. Um you have Kyle Trask there. Um I think that's going to be a real quarterback battle. I think the problem is one thing these teams have learned as they become smarter is if you're having a quarterback battle, that's not great. It's really not. Like, I cannot remember a quarterback battle where it ended and the guy led the team to the playoffs or something, right? Like, it's usually 
what you get is a quarterback battle from a guy maybe drafted like in the third round, a rookie in the third, or like, you know, it's a quarterback battle and then the first rounder doesn't start, but like, you know, okay, week four or five, he's probably going to start eventually. Like, that's more what you get. Because if you're signing two guys to just come in and compete and one of them is going to be your starter, that means either you don't have any space at all or money at all, or you just didn't do a great job evaluating. I think for the Bucks, this is more of a sort of retooling, collect yourself, take a deep breath, get some financial things under order year. So a quarterback battle is okay for them, but I think for most teams, probably not. Ian, good to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Ian Rappaport, National Insider for NFL Network, NFL.com, just back from the spring meeting in Minneapolis. Yeah, I go back to you'd have a quarterback controversy like the Cowboys, Roger Staubach and Craig Morton, and then you had interchangeable quarterbacks. Crazy to think about that, but you did. You had two really high-end quarterbacks competing with each other. I think Danny White, was he involved in uh, quarterback controversy as well? Like Gary Hogaboom and Danny White, Gary right? Gary Hogaboom. And there yeah. was, people took sides. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think other, because I, I thought that the one quarterback competition is Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. I, but I don't know if there's another one. You know, the Niners don't want to have Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. They, they don't want that. Sam Darnold, they don't want that. You, you want Brock Purdy to be your starting quarterback. Yeah, Mark. What about Danny Warfel against Patrick Ramsey? Ooh. <laughs> Never forget. Wow. <laughs> Who was the Auburn quarterback? Campbell? Oh, yeah, Jason, Jason Campbell. Campbell. Jason Campbell. Nice little run. Yeah. There was Joe Theismann and Jay Schrader. That was a quarterback controversy for a while. Doug Williams had uh, one. Where he was going in and out. Uh, remember, they had Patrick Ramsey and guys like that. They were always trying to try new guys, the Washington team. Mm-hmm. Who else? They drafted uh, the the uh, Broncos when they uh, had John Elway, and then they Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox out of UCLA took him. In, I think first round. That created a lot of friction. I think Elway and Dan Reeves. I don't know if their relationship recovered from that. Yes, yes, Tom. I'm looking at some worst training camp battles, which included Kyle Bowler versus Anthony Wright, 2005 with the Ravens. Yeah, that's a fun one. Brian Greasy, Rex Grossman, 2007. Yeah, yeah, I remember that Bears. one. Yeah, yeah. And Rex led him to the Super Bowl. Anybody else in there, Tom? Rick Meyer, John Freeze. Oh, know, John Freeze. Big battle in, yeah, uh, in camp. Yeah, Chris Wanky versus Rodney Pete, 2002. Yeah. Yeah, Paulie. I would say Phil, Hostet, uh, Phil Sims, uh, J- uh, Hostetler in New York City, because a lot of people, you know, Phil Sims got injured, opened the door for Hostetler to play a few times. He and Hostetler got his own thing. Didn't he go to the Raiders and get his own team for a little yeah, bit? Got yeah. some money. I don't know if it was uh, controversy because it was Sims got hurt. They were having an unbelievable year. Hostetler came in and uh, led them to the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl against the Bills. And then Hostetler, I think, went to the Raiders after that. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? What up, though? One time for chat row. Did I hear Jeff say he didn't want a championship because it's from LeBron? I was thinking about that, but then I thought, you know, from a Detroit Pistons fan to a Lakers fan, that sounds like a Lakers fan. I don't want that championship. <laughs> it came from LeBron. It's a little bit sully, you know. Listen, hey, quick question, Dan. <laughs> With Mars Cookout, yeah. you guys were talking about uh, songs that you first heard. My mom to this day 
cannot stand Rick Deeds' disco duck because I played it out. I mean, I played it left, right, up, and down like never before. And an interesting fact about you guys were talking about the movie Air with uh, Michael Jordan, Spike Lee and Dwayne Wayne from, um, I think it was A Different World. Those two people had his shoe on and probably put that shoe out there more so than anything to the point that Adidas ended up having to go get Run DMC and give them a shoe, which made them the first rap group to get a shoe because they saw that they were being killed. Have a good one, Doc. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. I remember uh, Run DMC, they didn't tie their shoes. And I remember people were going crazy over those shoes. And I go, those are the Adidas superstars. And they go, no, 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 those are shell toes. I go, no, those are Adidas superstars. And then, you know, the toe looked like a shell. And I'd never heard that before. But I remember, didn't wear laces, and you had your shell toes on. Uh, Steven in Alabama. Hi, Steven. Hey, how you doing? Great, Steve. So two, two things real quick. One, I got a poll question for you. If LeBron had a choice, would it be the Lakers, the Cavaliers, or the Heat? Did he want his jersey retired the most? Oh, okay. Uh, it might be the Lakers. What? It might be. That's just with those greats up there. I mean, how many Cleveland Cavaliers have their jerseys retired? Austin Carr. Yeah, but it's like his home. Brad Doherty, Mark Price, maybe. Oh, I've got the list. I've always got the Cavaliers retired jersey. List. Oh, you do. Yeah, Bill Russell. Course number six, everyone did it. Bingo Smith. Oh, this is gonna shock you. Big Z is a Drunus Ogowskis. Okay, 12 seasons, two time all star. All right, all right, you go 13 and seven, you're getting your jersey retired. All right, 13.7 rebounds. All right, Larry Nance, number 22. All right, all right, Mark Price. Yeah, Austin Carr. Yeah, Nate Thurmond. Is Jim Jones? Unfortunately, no. Okay, all right, Jonesy. Travesty. Uh, yeah. Brad Doherty, five time all star. Absolutely. That's it. Those are the retired numbers. Yeah, Marv. No Ricky Davis? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, No Bob Sura? Bobby Sura. Sneaky athletic. Florida State's Bobby Sura. Right. Yeah. First one in, last one out. Yeah, white guy, so he's sneaky athletic. Actually, Bobby Sura was athletic. It's like when they say that about Rex Chapman. I go, no, no, he was athletic. More was athletic nothing, than we expected. Yeah. It's nothing sneaky about those two. No, no, no. No, no, no. Rex Chapman, athletic. It wasn't like, hey, sneaky athletic. No, he's athletic. Uh, Todd in Indiana. Hi, Todd. What's on your mind today? Hey, guys. First time, long time. 5'11", 170. This isn't why I originally called, but as a young man, I lived through the Bob Avellini, Mike Phipps, Vince Evans quarterback in Chicago. And it was as painful as it sounds. Yes. Uh, we used to say about Vince Evans that we should send him to Cuba because he uh, could overthrow Castro because he could overthrow everybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Why I called was, wow. does anyone think it's funny that if and when the Heat retire LeBron's jersey, he will stand there and watch it raised up in the rafters next to Michael Jordan's jersey, who didn't even play for the franchise? Hmm. Uh, sure. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think LeBron just needs a hug now. That's all. Uh, he got swept. He needs a hug. He's telling us he's better than 90 to 95% of the players in the league. You don't need to do that. Let us do that. Just give him a hug. Tell him 
You're still one of the greatest players who's ever played the game. Come back next year. Maybe a couple of changes here. Maybe you don't have to take on as many minutes. Maybe somebody else can actually pick up the uh, workload a little bit and maybe preserve you for the playoffs. Yes, Eaton. Do you want to start running through the 40 or 50 players that are better than LeBron right now? So if he's better than 95% of the league, right? how many players are better than him? Well, he's certainly not a top 10 player. Ooh. That's what it is. Okay. If he's better than 95% of the league, right? Okay. So how many players are... Does that mean that are better than him? 95% of what number is it? I'll throw out a name of a person who I think is in the top 20. No, see if we can do the math here. Oh, okay. 95% of how many players are active in the NBA? You know what? Well, let's not do math on radio. It's not a, not good radio. <laughs> My brain hurts. <laughs> I, I have 450 active players in the NBA. So 95% of that. Uh, you said 450? 45? Okay. Would, all right. It would be less than 45 players? Yeah. Let's say 40 players. LeBron is better than all. 45 per player, uh, five, uh, 5% would be 22 and a half players. Okay. Anthony Davis would be that half player. Right. 22 and a half. <laughs> Too soon. Are there 22 players better than LeBron James? And the answer is no. Like, if you're going to come out and remind us that you're better than 90 to 95%, why not just go 99%? I mean, it's you don't need to do it to begin with. And do I think that he thinks there's 22 players better than him? No, I don't. Yes, Mark. He's no Jamal Murray right now. No, he's not. No. Just is, those past four games. Is, is Jamal Murray a better player than LeBron or just playing better now? Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.